Welcome to Zion Fellowship's Bible Wire. In these podcasts, we discuss what the Bible says, line upon line and precept upon precept. Today, Ben Allen, that's me, will be continuing our study on the book of James. Settle in for the next few minutes and learn more about who God is and how he loves. Hi, everyone. Last episode, we discussed the continual reliance and dependence James exhorted his readers to with regard to the Jewish wisdom texts and the early Christian ethics popping up in the Christian communities. Let's uh, now jump into the second chapter, verses 1 through 7. Today, I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation, the NLT, James 2, 1 through 7. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor person, you can stand over there, or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? In this episode, James continues to address believers. Believers are acting in direct contradiction to what God teaches in his law. Believers are showing favoritism to the rich and treating the poor with contempt. Jesus, their king and Lord, taught to love the neighbor. By choosing the rich over the poor, they violate this teaching and put themselves in danger. This is the main idea of this episode. The Greek word for showing favor or favoritism is literally receiving the face. To receive the face means to make judgments about people based on external appearance. James applies this principle to differences in dress, that reflect contrasting social and economic situations. But the Greek word here is plural, acts of favoritism. And this makes clear that the prohibition has wide-ranging application. We are not to make decisions about people based on any external factor, whether it be dress, color of skin, or general physical appearance. And the Old Testament repeatedly stresses that God himself is impartial, looking at the heart rather than at the outside of a person. And God's people are to imitate him in this respect. What is pertinent to James' mind here is perhaps Leviticus 19.15, which says, You must not deal unjustly in judgment. 
You must neither show partiality to the poor nor honor the rich. You must judge your fellow citizen fairly. It's ironic, the same context which James cites the famous love command in Leviticus 19.18, later in the chapter, which we will take up in the next episode. He says in Leviticus 19.18, You must not take the vengeance or bear a grudge against the children of your people. but You must love the neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. James now begins an example, excuse me, now gives an example in verses 2 through 4 of favoritism that he condemned in verse 1. He starts the sentence off as a conditional statement, an if-then statement, that is. Christians, in positions of some authority in the community, are fawning over the rich and treating the poor with disdain and contempt. James levels a verdict towards the heart being filled with an evil motive. Favoritism toward the rich is wrong because it contradicts God's own attitude. James assumes that his readers are well aware of the many poor people who have embraced Jesus as their Messiah. Their conversion is powerful evidence of God's deep regard for the poor people. In a stark reversal of status, poor people have become rich in faith. In, here, designates the sphere in which the wealth of these believers now is to be found. Expanding on this spiritual wealth, James adds that they will also inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him. Christians, however poor in material possessions may they be, possess spiritual wealth presently and anticipate greater blessings in the future. It is from this spiritual vantage point, not the material, that Christians should judge others. Whether believers or unbelievers, people should not be evaluated by Christians according to the standards of the world. James' general point in verse 5, then again, Listen, my brothers, dear beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which has pro- he has promised to those who love him? This is clear enough. God's choice of poor people to inherit his kingdom is evidence of his regard for them and shows how wrong Christians are to discriminate against these poor people. But this argument raises a serious question. Is James condemning one form of discrimination by replacing it with another? That is, does James picture God here as one who discriminates in his election in favor of the poor and therefore implicitly against the rich. Well, the Greek word patos has a range of meaning in biblical Greek. Clearly, it often designates simply people who are poor in a strict material sense, those who do not have much money. But its use in the Old Testament to translate the Hebrew word anar, especially its plural anarim, introduces a second nuance. For the Hebrew words refer to people who are poor in the spiritual sense, humble and meek, recognizing their utter dependence on the Lord and trusting him for deliverance. 
For example, Psalm 69, 32, Isaiah 29, 19, and Amos 2, 7, all of which use pathos. The word pathos, in other words, has both a material and a spiritual meaning. In the former sense, its antonym is wealthy. In the latter sense, its antonym is wicked. Jesus' teaching exhibits this duality of meaning, as is seen most clearly in the two forms of the Beatitudes. Blessed are you who are poor, Luke 6.20. Blessed are you are the poor in spirit, Matthew 5.3. In many New Testament texts, it is difficult to decide which of these meanings, or more often, which combination of these meanings, we should give the term. The illustration of two verses 2 through 3 makes clear that the word in verse 5, though, must be have some degree of material significance. James' first reason, then, for, for prohibiting discrimination against the poor is that it manifests an attitude contrary to that of God. His second reason, found in verses 6 and 7, takes the form of three parallel questions each expecting a positive answer. These questions were bound to the rich in a bad light, as well as the Christian assembly for condoning the mistreatment of the poor. Instead of giving special honor to the poor, James asserted that his hearers had insulted them. The act of shaming the poor was inseparable from the simultaneous act of honoring the rich. To act this way, the Christian assembly had to disregard the, the honor God had bestowed on the poor who love him. In this way, the assembly had become false judges because God's standard for what should be truly honored had not been followed. But this problem was only a prelude to what the assembly should remember was their greater problem with the rich. James is not recommending the Christians not to be kind with these rich people. What he is arguing is that they should not be given undue deference to them at the expense of the poor. The first question is, is it not the rich who are exploiting you? The second, aren't these the folks who drag you into court? And finally, the third, aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? These questions point to the reality of the believers in the first century, and to some extent, even in our current generation. The last bits of this section speaks of belonging, or rather ownership. All of us in the believing community are not free and independent. We are all owned and called to faithfully bear the name of the Lord. Doing so requires us to place our neighbor's needs regardless of race, social, economic, appearance above our own. Love for one another is what truly helps us to encapsulate the Christian ethic. And specifically here is a prime example of that love being reminded by James to his readers. Is there anyone of you who have seen, have been seen in this light? Have you shown favoritism? that violates God's ethic? If so, choose today to place this as your ethic and practice. 
favoritism is thus a complex sin among the people of God. It leads to division within the fellowship and offends God's determination to elevate the poor in the life of the church. Most of all, favoritism is linked with a whole set and a whole series of other gross sins of the rich in the world. These sins of persecution or oppression of the poor and lower classes of society who are associated with Christian faith distract from the glory of the Lord. Theirs is the inheritance of Christ, the very kingdom of God. To the believing poor belongs the honor of that kingdom. Utmost care must be given that nothing the church does in this present age should detract from that honor. Be a doer of the word, that the law of God set your heart free from the evil motives that would cause division and strife in doing so. God will bless you for doing it. We have reached the end of today's Bible Wire podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, or if you'd like more resources related to this podcast, you can find us online at www.zionfellowship.net. We're also available on social media. Look for Zion Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today on Bible Wire.